0: Hi, this is Jerry Salaya, Chief Strategist at Tricio, and I'm speaking with my good friend, John Carverley, who's our Chief Economist. Hi, John. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Good, thank you. And today we're going to be talking about inflation, particularly in the UK, where headline inflation came in at uh, 10.1% for September. What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, this was higher than expected. Uh, and also core inflation rose as well from 6.3% to 6.5%. That just underlines that inflation hasn't gone away. And of course, we saw that in the US uh, a week or two ago when inflation came in higher than expected. And in particular, again, core inflation was too high. So I think this this just shows that uh, the, the pressure for inflation and not not just from energy and food prices, which is obviously excluded from the core, is still very much there.
0: Now, you've been pounding the drums about inflation worries. Since we started bouncing out of the COVID lockdowns, so we're talking about November 2020, early March, April 2021, if I remember. And and you were very keen on saying, look, inflation's going to go up. Then chances are it's going to plateau for a while and then come back down. But the big fear is looking at 2024 and even further, is that we're not going to see it drop back towards quote unquote optimal levels around two percent for the UK, let's say. You were you were saying that basically inflation is going to go up come down a bit, but may not go back down below 2% for some time. Is that still your core view, John?
1: Yeah, I mean, right. I I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't expect we'd see 10% inflation. I thought it would go higher because of the the transitory, the factors. Um, And then I thought it would come down. But as you say, not back down easily to 2%. And indeed, I've thought for some time that uh, this period of uh, the 2010s when inflation in most countries wasn't even was barely even 2% uh, the, the, euro, euro, the uh, uh, euro area was struggling to get it up to 2% and in the US and the UK it was just barely 2% with very low interest rates to keep it there I've long thought that that was a special period a temporary period and, and inflation is going to tend to be higher going forward and then what happened in 2020 and 2021 was that governments threw enormous amounts of fiscal stimulus and monetary stimulus in the form of quantitative easing at the economy. And we came back to full employment extremely fast. Um, Very, very rapid uh, recovery out of COVID. And that was aggravated by the so-called missing workers. So we've got a lot of people in the US, the UK, elsewhere, who've not come back into the labor force for whatever reason. We don't quite understand all of that. It's of its early retirement. Some of it is long COVID, other reasons as well. But what that's done is that's brought unemployment down to the lowest levels for decades. And we haven't seen this level of unemployment in the U.S. for 70 years. We haven't seen this level in the U.K. for about 50 or 60 years. And in the Eurozone, it's the lowest they've ever recorded. So very low unemployment, very tight labor markets. And of course, that means wages are, are rising. Um, they're still well below the rate of inflation, price inflation. But wage growth has accelerated. And it's now at levels that is not consistent with two percent inflation so this is the problem for
0: the central bank that's part of the problem right john but the other side of course is the squeeze on commodities and prices There are going higher
1: yeah that's right and that that but to me that is that is largely the transitory part because i don't think that will last certainly not uh, if you get a recession which i do expect europe's probably already in recession us i think it's coming so once you free up uh, some some slack in the economy I think that uh, company margins will come down and commodity prices will come down. We've already seen transport costs come down quite a bit uh, for, for stuff coming from China, for example. Um, and I think that will continue. We had the warning from FedEx, for example, that again, that, this is something that's bringing transport uh, uh, prices down. So some of those transitory elements will come down. But what we'll be left with, I think, going into next year and the year after, is wage growth of maybe 5%, 6%. Uh, and that's just not consistent with uh, with two percent inflation you'd have to have very rapid productivity growth for that to make sense and we're not seeing very
0: rapid productivity growth that that, that does make sense but here in the uk as you know they set a lot of uh, contract prices off cpi and rpix and in particular it looks like they look at the government looks at the September cpi figure and setting things up like pension pension plan rises and things like that they rise in line with inflation it, it's It may not be that common in the U.S., but over here it seems to be that so many contracts are tied into what the rate of CPI is at a certain point in time. Anybody who has a mobile phone contract or almost any contract will be seeing these rises come through over the next six months or so. Do you think that's part of the problem? In other words, the inflation kind of gets embedded into the system?
1: I do, yes. I mean, I think that's what we saw in the 1970s. You've got this uh, this sort of as you say, embedded into the system. But I I think still what will matter most is where the wages go up to that extent. We're obviously in the UK and elsewhere, we're seeing increasing union activity to try to push wages up. Um, On the whole, though, we don't have the 1970s situation of of, uh, widespread unions in the private sector, at least. So so that, I think, is is some cause for comfort. But, But as we see the recession, as we see unemployment start to rise, now, that should put a lid on wage demands, but it's going to take time.
0: But on the other hand, maybe wage demands are a good thing, right, John? In other words, if inflation is rising for reasons out of your control, like commodity prices going up and stuff like that, then maybe people should be asking for wage prices, you know, sure. wage increases.
1: I mean, it's totally understandable. Uh, and of course, if wages don't go up as fast as prices, then you will get a recession because people will be spending less in, in real terms. The problem is that if you've got this uh, energy and food price shock. It does mean people have to be worse off. There's there's no way around that. Uh, You know, essentially you're transferring a couple of percentage points of GDP to the energy producers and the food producers. And most of them are not in the UK. Uh, So that's just going outside the country. Uh, You you have to take that hit. I mean, I think when you look at what the the British government uh, is attempting to do in an extremely disorganized way at the moment, is trying to cut government spending because you've also got to cut government spending when there isn't as much money to go around. And there, as you mentioned, the in fact, just today, the, the prime minister uh, promised that pensions would go up in line with uh, inflation, price inflation, uh, which to me is, is a mistake because it's going to be very difficult to uh, to cut uh, government spending unless you tackle pensions.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you go by the September figure, that means pensioners are going to get a 10.1% assuming it's based on CPI bump next year you know which is great right more money to go well, on yeah i mean you,
1: i mean we understand that politically of course some um, pensioners are, are inclined to vote conservative uh, so you know and they do tend to vote so you can see why politically it makes sense but it's so difficult to cut government spending uh, very, very difficult to cut the nhs uh, the, the other areas have already been cut substantially uh, it looks as though they're going to not raise benefits in line with inflation um you know that's that's gonna be there's gonna be howls of protest about that so it's always very difficult when you get this kind of uh real shock to to, to, to the economy
0: how do other countries approach inflation um in, in terms of trying to get it to go down and I, I just remember like places like mexico where they actually put some sort of cost cap in place for basic food like tortillas i don't know if you remember we had the tortilla you know riots almost, where they try to lift the cap, right? And I think in India, the, the, they've had, you know, some sort of caps on oil for energy use and stuff like that and other raw commodities. And when they try to lift those caps, you do get social unrest. So it do is, you yeah. think there's any other sort of way the government could approach this?
1: Uh, personally, no, I mean, I don't think those approaches make any sense at all. Um, I and mean, those those sorts of subsidies, so a lot of emerging countries do that, but it's a way of helping the very poorest people by, for example, uh, Fixing the price of bread or something, something very basic, or energy, as you say, um, but it's very inefficient because it, it obviously encourages people to, to to eat more of it um, rather than other things. So it's inefficient. It also leads to big costs for the for the fiscal side. So it's, it's not a very good way to go. In the UK, of course, we do have the energy price cap that uh, is now in place for the next six months, and that that is one of those things. Uh, It's it's a good thing, in my view, that the government has changed that to be temporary, um, whereas before it was open-ended under the original mini-budget proposal.
0: What about the European approach, where you see some of the countries there trying to cap the price of energy almost at source, so that industry can continue to function, it seems, Um, as long as they can get the supply, of course, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think every country is struggling with this. Um, And you're right, some countries have uh, put in caps um, trying to protect consumers and of course that that lowers your your price index so so maybe that helps you know, in a sense because it uh, can reduce inflation expectations i think without the energy price cap in the uk forecasts uh, had been that inflation would go as high as 13 or 14% now it's probably going to peak around 11 so that's probably a good thing in terms of restraining wage demands but at the end of the day in my view the only way uh, to deal with this kind of inflation is to actually uh, slow the economy down.
0: But remember, RPIX is I think at 12.4 already, so it's one of those mm-hmm. things where depending which index you're using. And I know that the government's been trying to shift everybody away from RPIX and onto CPI because it's lower. But you know, of course, CPI at 6.5, I think you said it was. I mean, yes, that's high, but it's not eye-wateringly high, if you know what I mean. It, it seems much much more addressable. What would bring, besides wages, is there anything they can do about core CPI? Or that's his tip, we've got to slow the economy down.
1: You've got to slow the economy down. Um, It's, uh, I mean, in in the US, uh, one of the big drivers of core CPI or the number they look at, the personal consumer expenditure deflator, one of the key drivers of that is rents. Um, You know, and that was partly driven by COVID, people wanting more space, uh, but it's also been driven by slower construction for a while. Um, and just people having more money because of the the money thrown into the economy now higher interest rates is already leading to a major housing slowdown uh, and that will affect rents in fact it's already affecting market rents but it hasn't really shown up in the government figures yet but that that's going to be a problem in the us
0: but but surely if you want rents to go down here knowing nothing about this you would want more housing to be built, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about rents going down. We're just talking, we're talking about slowing down. Uh, you know, the a... US rents are rising, I think, five, five uh, and a half percent now. And that in the CPI in the US, that's about 40 percent of the of the index. Uh, so you, you've got to get that down if you're going to have inflation up to 2 percent. But yeah, more houses. But that that, you know, that takes an enormous amount of time. And if anything, of course, with the housing market slow down,
0: you're going to see fewer
1: houses built over the next couple of years.
0: But, but you'll be slowing demand, so, so that helps. Thanks, John. So on a projection basis, and, and we know this is, you know, a guess at best, right? But on your view, do you think inflation will, quote unquote, come under control in 2023 in the UK and US or in 2024 or not at all?
1: I think 2024 is, is the only chance. Well, it's the only real possibility for core inflation to come to, come to a two point something level. Uh, and as possible, headline inflation could come down. But for that to happen, uh, you, you'd need uh, food prices, energy prices to fall. Um, if they actually fell significantly over the next year, then headline inflation could come down quite a bit. But core inflation, I think we're going to be looking at three and a half to four and a half uh, during next year. So down, but still too high for those central banks and should be two point something the year after. That's on the basis that there is a recession and that unemployment does go up significantly over the next 12 months, which I think will happen. If that doesn't happen for any reason, then, you know, it's going to take longer to squeeze this out. Even even if we get to two point something, though, there's still going to be an issue for the central banks, because if the recession's over and the economy is recovering and inflation is 2.5, 2.7, a half, two point seven, they're going to be nervous that it's that if the next stop is three, three and a half. So uh, that's why I think the central banks are going to be quite cautious about cutting rates. They will pause at some point, uh, but they may pause for a very long period while they wait to see what happens.
0: That's a really good point. Thanks, John. But one thing or two things about what you just commented on, one is you said food prices may come down, right? If if, uh, we see some sort of swings, that could be one of the benefactors of a lower inflation if they come down. But looking at today's UK CPI figure, it looks like food prices were one of the biggest Risers, is that correct? That's right. Yeah,
1: I mean, for the, for the headline figure, yes, that was a huge, a huge factor. Um, so they're not coming down at the moment. Um, I haven't looked into the details of that. I mean, obviously, Ukraine war is, is playing a role in this and the rising price of fertilizer, for example. Um, but there may be other things going on. Well, at, uh, at the same time,
0: we, Nestle reported one of the biggest rises in sales, right? So somebody's yes. making money at this, which is not a bad thing. But it, you know, it's one of those trade offs that I think that central banks will have to look at and say, okay, we can't really do much about food prices because no matter how many people we put out of work, they're still going to buy food, right? At, 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 some, at some level of participation in the economy.
1: Yeah, I well, speaking as somebody addicted to chocolate. I'm certainly still going to buy chocolate. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think um, the, 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 the,
1: the difficulty once you get into this high level of inflation and one of the things that keeps it going is that suddenly it becomes much easier to raise prices uh, if you go back a few years it was very difficult for companies to raise prices because people noticed it because prices well, didn't especially
0: grocers, right where you had the fight yeah. between in the uk the the german supermarkets and the traditional heavyweights over here as right. to who could lower prices most
1: right so, so prices always seem to be going down and uh, you know if you, if you came forward with a, a price rise of five percent people say whoa what's that i'm not paying that and they would cut spending But now everything's going up 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 percent. So if somebody comes along and says, oh, we're raising prices 8 percent, people don't bat an eyelid.
0: That's the danger of inflation. Once it becomes embedded into the system, right, we we become used to the fact that prices are going up. And that's that's the reality of it. Okay. well, thanks for that, John. And and I guess the other point is, if you were, you know, looking at inflation from, I guess, an outsider's perspective and trying to combat it and stuff, and you can see the central banks pushing short-term rates up. But particularly here in the UK, where the five-year, two-year, 10-year, 30-year yields have skyrocketed because of the fiscal event. And they've come back down a bit, but they haven't come down all the way, right? Do you think the Bank of England is going to take that into account and say, look, we're squeezing people on the mortgage side already. We're seeing you know the curve basically bump up and kind of stay up. Do we need to raise rates by 100 basis points at our next meeting? or 50 or 75 or even higher, you know, 200 to to, to address headline inflation. I, I'm thinking more that the Bank of is gonna note the difference in yields from the last, from the last meeting and, and probably take a more moderate view than the market may be fearing. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're gonna take a measured approach. Obviously, the markets are expecting them to raise rates significantly, and they will have to do that. They'll have to raise, I think, 75 to 100 basis points this time. In my view, they've been too cautious, too slow before. They should have raised rates faster. But they,
0: they were one of the first ones, right? Back in November they started they started,
1: they started first, but they've been really very slow. So they're a full, what, one percentage point below the Fed at the moment. Now, I mean, the reason for that, they would say, is that the British economy was already very weak and was slowing down, whereas the US maybe not so much. So that, that's how they would account for it. But but in my view, that would have been more sensible to go faster, f- farther. Um, the, 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 the slow pace also has contributed to the pound being rather weak compared with the dollar and that of course adds to inflation. So I think that was a mistake. So but you're absolutely right. The, I mean the yield curve in the UK looks relatively steep um, compared to other countries. and I think I mean that's part of that is this, this problem in the bond market, the pension uh, funds and so on, which has raised the 30-year yield significantly. Um, part of it is a, a genuine concern which doesn't exist in the US which is how are they going to sell all these bonds over the next year or two? Because there's even with the cuts in the budget that they're going to have to make, there's still going to be a lot of bonds needing to be financed at a time when the Bank of England is going ahead with quantitative tightening. So in other words, more bonds coming into the market from them.
0: So what you're saying is that they face Treasury selling a bunch of bonds to fund their plans and the Bank of England selling their bits as well.
1: Yeah, so somebody's got to buy all that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, international investors are, are certainly going to be, you know, very careful after the events of the last few weeks. They're going to be wondering whether it makes any sense. Uh, and anyway, the UK doesn't have the the, the strength of the US Treasury, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe people, if, if they can convince um, uh, people overseas that, uh, you know, things have been sorted out then um, perhaps there will be foreign buyers for some of these bonds but otherwise they've got to be they've got to be bought here that, and that's going to tend to mean a higher yield. So the Bank of England is going to take that into account that's that's affecting the economy the, the housing market in the UK but also elsewhere uh, is tanking um, in terms of transactions um, that is slowing the economy um, so that's that's one of the major transmission mechanisms.
0: Okay, John, in the last few seconds, it's not all doom and gloom, right? Go on, give us a sliver of hope.
1: Well, in terms of inflation, I, I don't think inflation is going to stay high. I think central banks will get on top of it. But unfortunately, that does mean we're going into recession. And recessions are painful processes. I think, and I guess most people think, the recession will be fairly mild. Um, but there's no guarantee of that. If we get new shocks coming from somewhere, that, that could aggravate it. And then there's still the longer term question of, you know, what kind of growth do we get coming out of it? Um, you know, for all the failures of the new British government, I think their focus on growth, Liz Truss's emphasis on trying to get growth up, was a good one. Um, unfortunately, I think just about every measure she announced to, <laughs> to improve growth has, has now been uh, U-turned on rescinded. Um, but nevertheless, that's, that's how you're going to solve these problems in the long run. That's how people are going to get better off that's how there's going to be more money available for for government spending
0: so basically go for growth and uh hope that inflation comes down is that kind of it
1: well uh in the near in the short term of course we're not going for growth we're, we're going to slow things down there's going to be a recession so I mean I'm, I'm struggling to come up with some some positive, <laughs> uh, some positive news. I, mean, I know Jerry you think I'm always optimistic at the moment. you are I, I'm well, perhaps I'm still optimistic, but I'm struggling to, uh, I, I think the next year or two is going to be quite difficult. It always is difficult when you have to get inflation out of the system. Um, after that, uh, things should improve, um, whether we can get on a new faster growth track than we saw in the 2010s, though, is an open question. I suppose uh, if I was going to sort of reach for my optimistic hat, I would. Have to start talking about technology and you know and the use of robotics artificial intelligence and all that and hope that that's going to raise growth uh, but it's that's kind of a long-term thing i think it will but whether it's uh really maturing enough in the next
0: two or three years i'm not sure but i guess looking up for the next few weeks john we do have halloween coming along so i think to feed our chocolate addictions we need to find some kids to go out there and do some trick-or-treating for us what do you think absolutely
1: (laughs) enough tricks over the last few weeks already
0: (laughs) (laughs) very true john thank you again and you know it's been a pleasure speaking with you about inflation and we'll do this again probably sometime over the course of the next year to see how we've done on this inflation fight fair enough okay yeah thank you very much jerry